Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the podcast of this week's One Life Left Radio show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. And with us we have the wonderful, the delightful, the handsome Simon Parkin. Hello, Simon. Hello, Simon. Hello, Steve. What a fun show. I feel my wife was right. I wish I had married you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was super fun. Well done, everybody. So this bit, Simon, so your your, your sort of uh, episode, you know, 10 that you've recorded of your new podcast, details, details of which we begrudgingly feature in, in hours this week. Uh, but what you'll uh, discover is that when you get to episode like 420 or something, you can move across to a new po- podcast network, which means that you are contractually obliged to do extra bits like this um, ahead of the broadcast radio show. How do you feel about that? <laughs> We'll see. I'm full of like the um, the energy of spring at the moment. So yeah, it's all very exciting. But yeah, I can see. I can see. I'll end up like you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Do you mean that you have aspirations to one day, once win one award once? Yeah. No. I mean, I I can't um, imagine doing 500. It's an amazing thing you've done there. How many years? Twelve. Even more than that now, right? Whatever, fifty-two divide <laughs> multiple. Yeah, seventeen years. Simon. Is it? Oh, is it? Oh my goodness! Is it? <laughs> wow, that is a wow, isn't it? it so is. what? Um, so that's uh, two thousand and six. Right, mm. blimey! It means we've got to start planning for the twentieth anniversary. Yes. Are you going to? Sorry, should, um, I'm still. I was still. You should book a live show or something. I'd come. <laughs> back in a bed at Nottingham Game the... City yeah well so this is a part of the show uh, Simon that isn't broadcast which means that it's um, it's governed by different rules mm. and and uh, is law lawless should does say. It mean so that? you can use whatever language <laughs> it does mean that actually um, so we can uh, we can talk about things that we couldn't say uh, legal, for legal reasons on there and um over the years, so yeah, uh, Steve uh, mentioned there we we broadcast from a bed at Game City. One of my favourite store. What? Well, obviously, it's always a joy hanging out with you, mm. Simon. One of my favourite memories of you is when we ate around the world, uh, and you would. Did you? What did you drink? <laughs> you ate something out of a Yorkshire pudding. Drank something. Yeah, I think it was a. You drank something a out luminous of a shot. I think <laughs> it was a luminous shot of alcohol out of a Yorkshire pudding once. This was do at your, the. Um... Do your highbrow book friends <laughs> know about this sort of behaviour? <laughs> oh gosh, 
That was an, that, that, I have a video of that. Oh, and and <laughs> and send um, me a video I found the other day from Game City that, that looked like it was a thread. <laughs> Just <had> a sound <laughs> with no context. Okay, here's a thing that I've forgotten that I meant to tell you this, Simon, when I found Hello. it. I found a video of you yep. and me yep. and Parco oh, God. Yep. and Anne yep. and Leo Tan Hello. in a hotel room Ooh. at Nottingham and the video is an hour and a half long. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie and all it is, is it, right? is fixed cameras. It's just, it's, it's just limbs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean... Yeah, so that's so. I haven't been through it yet, but I was thinking of giving it to an AI to transcribe, but I, I didn't want to be thrown off the service. So, um, yeah, the 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 uh, just to return to the previous anecdote, the round the world eating establishment uh, that Simon was referring to was a, a, a buffet in Nottingham called the Round the World Buffet, and we we had a lot of good times. They used to be able to you could go there and you could eat. Uh, any country that you could name that had an easily <laughs> clonable cuisine. <laughs> um, and um, I remember two things. One, I remember one, Simon, I remember you taking one of your uh, developers there once, a developer yep. you were working with. Yeah, shall they... I, shall I, what's his story like? So shall I name them or not? Before... <laughs> no, it reflects well on them, but not on us. Okay. I remember them being absolutely puzzled that we would do this to ourselves. And then I think I think afterwards we said we're just uh we're going we're going to TK Maxx to just look at stuff. <laughs> do you do you want to come? And, and they very much the clothing of they the said, world shop. <laughs> they said, no, no, you're all right. And then we did that. Um <laughs> Oh, I've just remembered another bit of that story, which was, I think there was, there was, there was some kind of, um, there was a musical item, like a musical Santa or something, that you or someone else was just setting off all of on a display, oh, that's right, yes. and uh, and um, someone, could, you know, a store helper came across and said. Oh yeah, I don't know why it's doing that. It shouldn't be doing it. And you said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm just setting them off." <laughs> so yeah, I don't think that reflects well on us. The other thing is no. that I took, um, I, you know, a, a few years later, when I had cause to be in Nottingham with my partner and took her to the round the world buffet, only to discover that it had been closed for food. Uh, health and safety violations a few years previous um they had some issues you know, with yorkshire you, puddings yeah. <laughs> it, it had managed to achieve naught stars out of five on the health and safety guidelines wow naught stars anyway pleased to see you've made it simon after all there uh, after all of that um good we should hang out with you more shouldn't we oh, we should oh hit uh, the 500 Little bit of business. Um, yeah, we need some. We need a new news jingle. Okay. So if you could get on is that. Is this bit going to be broadcast, or is this just? Yeah. Like <laughs> it is. Okay. This is before the show as right. well. This is warming this is people taster. up. Okay. <laughs> it is a taster. So it's quite a lot of admin. 
<laughs> Anything else? Any other? Any other business? Any other tasks for Parker to? Yeah, well, um, I, I, uh, I lent, I, yeah, I lent you something a few years back. If you wouldn't mind returning that, I can't think of anything funny. And if you could, <laughs> next time you write a book, put Simon in the acknowledgements because it comes up quite often. Every show, <laughs> every show, do talk about it. <laughs> did you did you listen to the show two shows ago, Simon? Me. Uh, yeah, no, I did listen to a few the other day, but uh, not that one. You did you hear, you did you hear the feature? We did no, probably for the best. Oh dear, oh gosh. There we go. How was it with Charles? He's great, isn't he? Was it fun? It's always good with Charles as well. But yeah, we did have to snip, <laughs> take some bits out. <laughs> did you have the story about how when he was a baby, they MI five bugged his um, nursery? Do we have to listen to your podcast exclusive yes, for that exclusive revelation, actually, do we? Yes. My perfect console, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> no, he, he, Good, he was right. next to a, um, a spy. And so the, one day someone from MI5 knocked on the on the house in Notting Hill and said, um, can we please bug one of the rooms? And it turned out it was uh, Charles's. So, yeah. Wow. Well, it's a good job they've switched that off. <laughs> <laughs> it could be in a lot of trouble. It's, I'm just a joke now. This is a, the thing with Charles is that we have these um, alternate uh, personalities for him. One was that uh, that had been running for an awful long time, actually, which was when um, I bumped into him when E3 was in Atlanta. Uh, it was after for a couple of years, and um, uh, I walked past him. He was drinking outside, uh, and he, it looked like he'd been drinking for a while, actually. And um, he was stood on a short wall. And as I walked past, he beamed at me in the way that Charles does beam at people. And he said, Simon, you're such a... And he used the worst word at me, Simon. <laughs> and for years from then, I'd invented this personality about Charles being this really aggressive oh, drunk. Gosh. Well, there we go. That's a taster of the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Here it is. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show, that is to say, a radio show about video games, although not exclusively. And my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I'm exclusively Simon Byron. <laughs> That's good to know. How are you, Simon? Very well. You can take that in uh, whatever meaning you like, Steve. Um, I'm just Simon Byron, or mm-hmm. uh, I can reveal to you that I'm Simon Byron. Well, you're the only Simon Byron. Well, we'll come on to that, shall we? <laughs> what what a show for that for that sort of intro. <laughs> uh, all is well here, Steve. It's a little cold in the shed. Um, actually, I've got I, I've got the heating on. Can you can you hear it or not? I cannot hear your heating. Okay, I'm going to turn it off, uh, but I won't use the Alexa control. What what is your heating in your shed? Is it a is it a roaring fire? Ah, where I sit with an animal on my lap. 
contemplates <laughs> yeah the animal actually talking about animals um mm. i set up a new bird feeder this week thanks for asking <laughs> yeah <laughs> what a segue i, I did um <laughs> I, was, well, I, I wasn't expecting it um <laughs> yeah, like a hundred years ago on kickstarter i backed something called the bird buddy of course uh, for, you did uh, it's for kate's kate's it was for kate's christmas present in uh 20 uh 2018 i'd imagine anyway arrived um a week or so ago and it's, it's basically a ring doorbell uh inside uh a uh, a bird feeder okay um and we got off and, and what it does it takes pictures of um of birds as they as they feed and then sends you little postcards of them uh and identifies them uh with that in mind would you like to see a picture of my great tit <laughs> look at that <laughs> look at that isn't that cool? And actually, our guest, who we've not introduced yet, when he said, are you in a log cabin? You can see that in the back there. That's fantastic. That's, that's really good, good Simon. Yes. So there we go. That's that's my news. What have you done this week? Um, Simon, I've been coding. That's why I was late for the show today. I was just, I was just coding. Um, yeah, How long and... is this, <laughs> this going to go on for? Uh, I would guess another three or four days. Uh, I'll talk about that a bit later in the show. I wanted to show you the thing that I've made because it's it's really funny. Is it a great tit? It's not that good, Simon. Uh, it's not that good. Um, but yeah, and I've been um, looking after a sick child in this home as well, so that's been exhausting. Not in a you know in a troubling way, but uh, one of the things that is is new to me as a parent is that. Obviously, when your child gets sick, you get concerned. Of course you do. But I didn't realise that it's really annoying looking after a sick child, not just because you've got extra stuff to do, but because they get more annoying as well. Like the lethargy kicks in. And it's just, I don't want to do anything. I don't know. I don't know. And yeah. Um, so I, I no want one, you to... No one thinks of the dad, Steve. Well, I was going to say, I want yeah. you to offer this offer. You know, you did earlier, you sent a very concerned text message saying, obviously the important thing here is your daughter. But what about my mental health, Simon, in all of this? Well, that's what we're, that's what we're here for, Steve. That's isn't what it? we're it's here for. And that's to talk about these things. That's why we're crashing on with the radio show. It is a big one today, isn't it? Because it's show number 499. We made it, Steve, to 499, the big one. You literally can't get more shows done than that, which is why we've we've brought the biggest guest in, haven't we? Well, they say keep your friends close. <laughs> they say keep your enemies closer, but actually even closer than that. As a true story, um, my wife uh, used to be a listener to One Life Left before she before she was promoted to the role of my wife. <laughs> And I tell you what, as we move into our second phase, second 500 mm-hmm. episodes, dear listeners, who knows? I might marry one of you one day. Anyway. <laughs> Is it a promotion? Is it? <laughs> she, yeah, I, I, I obviously won't, Kate. That was a joke. Anyway, uh, she, used to, she used to listen to the uh, to the radio show. Um, I believe we, we read some correspondence out from her um, in the early days when she used to write in. Uh, and she used to... Um, she used to have sort of uh, names for the cast of characters. Obviously, you were Steve, and there was Anne, and then there was um, there was Muse Simon. That was me, 
<laughs> and then there was Nice Simon. <laughs> and I'm delighted that tonight we're joined by Nice Simon, Simon Parking. Hello, Simon Parking. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on. The lovely Simon Parkin. I think I still think my wife's a bit disappointed she got the wrong one. <laughs> um, can I just check? Is this still a podcast about video games? <laughs> it is. It is Simon Parkin. We have. Um, we're coming up with a new format. Actually, we've, we're uh, we're introducing you. We'd like you to pick five games. <laughs> <laughs> that you'd like to be stranded on a desert island with. It's very That's creative, new, Simon. Very I, creative. Never been done before. Never been done before. Last time I saw you, Simon Parkin, was in Edinburgh. In fact, I paid mm. money to watch you speak. <laughs> Thank you. I did. I Thank did. You. And do you know what? You were you annoyed me how good you were. Oh, oh that's it. very kind. Thank you. Yeah, I was a bit nervous because it was quite a big venue. This was for the Edinburgh Book Festival, and um, you just never know. Like, I've done, I've done things like that, and there's five people there, and you do it. It was, but it was so yeah, well I, attended. But it was nice to have a friendly face in the audience. By me and my father-in-law, and um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I told you this, but uh, as we so we so the book festival runs alongside the fringe, and. Um, you have to leave the sort of comedy uh, and art side and go to the separate books bit. And as I walked into the books bit, I genuinely, I looked up and I saw the, all the pictures of books. And I honestly, this thought genuinely went through my head. I went, oh, God, I hate books. <laughs> it did. And then I was like, oh, God, you can't think that. Because they're not like, because we've got computer games these days, don't we? So I honestly thought that. And then, and then, and then, uh, Saw you talk and thought, yeah, okay, his, his book does sound good. It does sound good. How's it, how's it going? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. So, yeah, it, it takes forever for you to get, like, sales data through with books. So it's not like Steam. We, we, we... Well, <laughs> that's what publishers tell developers whose games aren't selling. <laughs> that's genuinely true. <laughs> oh, no, no, it takes ages. We haven't got the sales from America yet. That isn't true on Steam anymore, but I have heard that sort of thing previously. We go, no, surely the PlayStation numbers are being suit. Nah, that can't be right. Um... <laughs> well, that's reassuring. So. <laughs> that's unsure. It's going brilliantly. Well, listen, thank you for joining us. Uh, excited to have you on. Excited to hear you explain what you've been up to recently. Mm. Um, but uh, before then, Steve, should we start the show as we always do uh, with the news? It's 7.08, I think, on Monday the 6th of February. I'm not Anne Scantleberry, but this is the news. Smilegate and Remedy's Xbox shooter Crossfire X will be shutting down both its multiplayer and single-player modes on May the 18th, the pair have announced. Active immediately. Sales on the Xbox Store have been halted and there will be no new content added to the game. Purchases made within the last 14 days will be eligible for a refund. Eligible. According to an FAQ, it's not just Crossfire X's multiplayer servers that will be inaccessible after May the 18th. Game owners won't be able to play the single-player campaigns either. 
If you've previously purchased either of the single-player campaigns, then you will be able to enjoy and complete them until the servers <laughs> close on May the 18th, 2023. Uh, uh, Midnight UTC, it states. Crossfire X was released exclusively for Xbox Series XS and Xbox One in February 2022. It includes free-to-play multiplayer mode uh, and uh, single-player offering. According to Smilegate, it decided to end support for the title because... The game was not ultimately where it needed to be. Uh, where did story it need to be? <laughs> Sorry, like... this story and all uh, this week and uh, every episode come from the excellent video games chronicle.com. Thank you to them. Where did it need to be indeed, Steve? On a server running for forever, ideally, but apparently. Don't worry, not. Don't worry though. You'll be able to enjoy your purchases until May the 18th. Imagine that. Being able to enjoy. The content that you've paid for. I won't know, Simon. I won't be able to enjoy it because I'll just be thinking of beyond May. What happens in June, in July. And then I won't be, you know, that misery will hang over me. Have you played the game, Simon? I haven't. So, so where, where and, and to be fair, where they wanted it to be was on my Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, there. Simon? Other Simon. Uh, no, I haven't actually. No, I no. Which I guess you know makes sense. It doesn't matter. They didn't the want story. it to be there. So um, this isn't the only game closing down news this week, is it, Simon? Well, Steve, hopping over to Destructoid.com, uh, where uh, if you Google what other games, what other live service games are shutting down 2023 just before your radio show starts, uh, <laughs> it surmises the games that I knew that I would forget. No, it's been uh, it's been a pretty brutal week. So this week has had the announcement that Knockout City, uh, mm. Ubisoft's uh, dodgeball game, didn't last long. Rumbleverse, been out for about six months. Um, Epic's uh, fighting game. Um, but, that but, but, one but, surprised me a bit because it's not like they're short of cash and you would think they would just keep supporting it for as long as it takes for it to find a following. But mm. And the Ubisoft one is is sort of speaks to that story we had a few weeks ago of they are desperate for a live service game to be successful. It wasn't this one, apparently. The um, the epics, the way that everybody is saying, yeah, sorry, um, is quite, it's quite interesting. The quote uh, for uh, the Rumbleverse closure is, it's still fun we can have together before the sun sets on Grapital City, the team said in today's blog. The remaining winks will be a chance to celebrate the competitive spirit you brought to this game. It should have in brackets, just not enough of you. <laughs> There'll be more live streams to play some, some games with the developers. Let them pull the curtain back to share some behind-the-scenes moments from the creative process that built this city. We're so grateful for the players who have joined us in the Rumble. Thank you, brackets, mm. if only there were more of you spending more money. We're laughing. It sucks, doesn't it, for the developers and for the players. I saw a note from the devs of Rumbleverse saying they were hoping it would live on in some form in the future, perhaps somewhere. Oh, totally. Because it sucks for everybody. sucks for those that have invested money and time in all this stuff. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hopefully people are learning from this sort of thing um, and appreciating that you know, back in the old days when you were competing exclusively for people's money, uh, that was hard. But now there's so much content. You know, people can play 
what anything was well, sorry so what have a shortage of anything to play um for free these days and that, and that becomes much harder um mm. so yeah i you know and we're, and we're seeing um you know square are shut have shut down games um ea shutting down games on mobile apex uh legends uh, ubisoft uh, epic um yeah you know all of these uh, big companies that have decided that uh, free to play was uh where to be i find it very difficult Right, time for news story number two. Microsoft is reportedly expecting the UK's regulator to oppose its acquisition of Activision Blizzard after the EU issued its own antitrust antitrust warning this week. It's according to a report in the New York Times, which states that Microsoft's legal team also expects the antitrust authority in Britain to oppose a transaction. According to the report, Microsoft believes the European Commission is open to potential remedies, and the company is hoping to convince both the UK and the European Union to accept its concessions and move and approve the deal. This, in turn, could make it easier to reach an agreement with the FTC uh, before a scheduled trial later this year. It's claimed, at the same time, it's claimed that any of the three agencies could also could instead put pressure on the others to oppose the acquisition. So, unlike Rumbleverse, this rumbles on. Um, <laughs> We've seen, um, you know, I, I feel like uh, Microsoft should be a bit more ballsy about some of the reasons that this isn't getting through and should, you know, perhaps pen a 4,000-word editorial in the, on the telegraph blaming the left wing or something <laughs> like that for the reasons why they're failing uh, to get this through. Uh, so... <laughs> I was under the impression, perhaps naively, that this is all or nothing. It either goes through or not. But what was alluded to there is a manner of solutions, which might mean it goes through partially or something, or goes through with conditions. Is that a thing that can happen? Uh, no, I, I think what they're saying is, um, you know, they expect to be stopped and then they're going to have to, I don't know, unbutton one more. Um... Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> right. What is what is what can they do to persuade them to let this happen? Well, as I say, just me undo one more button. <laughs> That's your solution to everything. I'm wearing oh, a jumper. Oh. <laughs> I have to lift that one up, and it's not quite as alluring. Wasn't talking about your top, Simon. Okay. <laughs> so, so is there is there like can they break up Activision Blizzard? Only get half of them, or something? Uh, it would just be more. Uh, it'll be um, promising well, to do Call of Duty forever on PlayStation. That kind of thing. It, it will probably be taking some of the things that they've gone. Oh yeah, we could do that, uh, and actually writing them into some sort of law. Um, yeah, make them firm up on those promises. I would suspect. Mm-hmm. Is it going to go through, Parco? Um, I hope not. I think probably. But uh... <laughs> there's a few qualifiers there, Simon. <laughs> Come on, confidence. Give us something to hang the audio excerpt of this show around. Give us a, a quote. Oh, well, I don't know if I can do that. But the, I don't know. I feel like this is sort of. Did Did you see the story about that Blizzard lead who who quit sort of publicly? Mm-hmm. Did you see that because of the he had to for his team he had to come up with staff quotas and he had to have a certain percentage of his team who weren't performing. Five percent. Five percent had to be uh, had to be put on an improvement program. Didn't yeah, they? exactly. As if like you know, there's a guarantee, always a guaranteed five percent who are not doing as they should. And he said, "I'm not going to do that," and is going to quit. And he had quite an interesting Twitter thread to Neil all about how um, you know the sort of very upper management machinations of this stuff has had this trickle down effect in terms of the just day to day running of teams. And so I th- just think it's all quite galling that stuff and. 
Yeah, I don't know. So uh, the less that they become a monopoly, I think, the better, right? Fewer. We don't have a uh, performance improvement program at One Life Left, do we, Simon? 5% of us need to pull their their, their socks up, though, Mm. Steve. 33% in this room. (laughs) A new Nintendo Direct showcase could be held next week. It's been claimed. Asked about speculation that a Nintendo Direct presentation could take place this month, Giant Bomb reporter Jeff Grubb said he'd heard that a showcase is planned for the week beginning on February the 6th. Everything I'm hearing, and it's all just sort of reiterating it, it continues to be the week of February the 6th, he said. Over and over again, every little detail I get, every little detail I get, (laughs) is basically a week from now, we should be hearing about all this stuff. He everything added, he's hearing. Everything. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine what his life is like? It's awful. Morning, Jeff. It's going to be February the 6th. <laughs> Hello, Posty. February 6th, I'm hearing Jeff. <laughs> he added, it's pro- I think it's probably late in the week. So if February 6th is going to come around, we mean if, and we're not going to hear about it, and people are going to freak out like there's nothing happening. First of all, I'm not guaranteeing it for that week. I'm just saying that's what everything is sort of pointing to right now. <laughs> everything. He adds, I don't think that's too surprising because they always have one in February or, or March at the latest. <laughs> I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen pretty soon. And I wouldn't be surprised if all these indicators are exactly right, especially with that stuff shaking loose with Advanced Walls 1 and 2. Absolutely. Oh, to be Jeff. Oh, Sounds to be like Jeff. A, uh, spirit medium there, doesn't he? Does, <laughs> does anyone, anyone know? Anyone know a Mario in the room? Anyone? <laughs> Lu- Luigi? Luigi? Anyone Luigi? <laughs> oh dear. What are you? What are you um, hoping will be announced at this February, March, April, May? Well, I'm hoping for some more details on. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. Uh, they've been quite quiet about that, leaving the internet to speculate about um, uh, exactly what the story is, exactly what uh, we'll be seeing. So um, some some details on that would be good. But then you know, there's all that stuff shaking out about Advance Wars One and Two that you know has been has been going on. I'd like some clarification on that, if possible. Mm. What about you, Parco? Any uh, uh, goss for us? Well, it'd be nice to get a new F Zero as oh, always. Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! You're just playing to the gallery there. It would be would be lovely. Yeah, um, wouldn't I found out. I guy, started. Sorry, go on. I started writing Taylor Swift's anti-hero, rewriting that about to be perfect. Uh, wanting another F Zero, and then I thought, you've done this before a thousand times on 499 episodes of One Life Left, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> Sorry, gone. Well, I was just going to say that I found out the director of F Zero um, GX and the and the arcade one is he's now in charge of RGG Studio, the one that do all the Like a Dragon games, as they're called now, which was Yakuza. Mm. So he's he's sort of doing press at the moment because he's going around, um, you know, talking about the Like a Dragon Ishin, the period samurai drama that's coming out later this year. So. So yeah, if anyone gets a chance to, um, you know, doorstop him there. Very little chance in that version. There's going to be an arcade and an F Zero <laughs> machine yeah. in a uh, in a period piece, is there? But, <laughs> yeah. but that does, you know, genuinely for a, a sort of early two thousand set like a Dragon game, opens the door to the F Zero GX cabinet being in there. That would be amazing. Yeah, it would be. Do you are you are you not getting the chance to doorstep him then, Simon? 
Um, well, uh, I did. <laughs> uh, I did get a chance to send him some questions for um, for Edge the, <laughs> the other week, uh, but he was in, in Japan at the time, so it was uh, it was a bit more remote. But yeah, I mean, it should be possible to get a question to him for you if you've got one. <laughs> <laughs> let's see how the let's see how the interview section of the show pans out, and if we're still speaking <laughs> after that, shall we? <laughs> Microsoft has announced plans to delist various games and associated DLC from the Xbox 360 marketplace next month. The exact number of games varies per region. For example, in the US, 46 games will be removed, while in the UK, 44 games will be delisted. Games set to be removed from the digital marketplace include entries in the Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, Dark Souls, Far Cry, Left 4 Dead, Mass Effect, Prince of Persia, Skate, Splinter Cell, and Witcher series. Removals will begin on February 7th. Microsoft noted that once purchased, players can always re-download games from their Xbox 360 download history. Microsoft person also told Gematsu these titles will no longer be purchasable on the Xbox 360 store only and titles that are available to be purchased on the Xbox One and Xbox Series XX stores will remain purchasable i don't quite know what that means and i just said it you'll still be able to play discs or as previously or previously downloaded games on your xbox 360 and modern consoles if they are backwards compatible titles for more information on the games being impacted in your region visit here and then there's a hyperlink uh, so the big one there guys uh is daytona usa is going from your xbox uh this month so if you haven't bought it do buy it um from- other so from your 360, though, right? Yeah, the, uh, people were sharing links where you could do it online and just sort of, you know, have it in your library. Um, it didn't look particularly intuitive, uh, but there did seem to be a workaround. And um, that if you ever figure that you might want to play Daytona USA on your Xbox series of consoles, it is backwards compatible, uh, then mm-hmm. you should buy it pretty quickly. Jet Set Radio also going. Um uh, uh, Skate 2, Prince of Persia, N+, plus, Spelunky. Um, I don't... I mean, so, you know, games disappear from stores all the time. Often it can do be uh, to do with licensing issues, mm. so be that the main IP or the music within the games or what have, have you. Um, yeah, I just can't think of why why this would be. Maybe they're running out of space on the hard drive. <laughs> Would you choose up. those to delete, though? Would you? Definitely wouldn't delete N plus or Splunky. Is no. it N plus or N plus plus? N plus. N plus. I mean, so it's the older version. Yeah. Um, yeah, I certainly wouldn't get rid of those. But no, I can't think of a think of a plausible. Really weird, isn't it? Parker, do you know anybody from Microsoft that you could doorstep and ask for us? <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, you're right. There's absolutely nothing licensed in Spelunky, is there? It's all their own music, their own assets. You can see, like with the with uh, car games, it's often because they've lost the license to some vehicle, isn't it? Like with Outrun on the Xbox and all of that. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Are they having to pay? Do Microsoft have to pay? Um, is it Mossmouth, a de- developer of Spelunky, or all of those teams a certain amount every month just to have it on their service and? They've decided not to do that anymore. I'm not quite sure how it works financially, but maybe it's something like that. Very yeah. odd. Hmm. Well, please get to the bottom of it for us. <laughs> <laughs> 
BBC has unveiled its newest attempt at a connected media universe. And this time, it'll include video games that feature the same canon storylines and actors from the film and television world. That's the goal, according to James Gunn, the DC Studios co-chairman, who outlined his plan during a presentation about the future of the company. The DCU is connected in film, television, gaming and animation, Gunn explained. Characters are consistent, played by the same actors, and it works in one story. Gunn did leave himself room to disregard this, however, with the DC Elseworlds branding. This alternate universe will house the content that doesn't make sense in the wider DC universe, such as projects like Joker and its upcoming sequel, Joker... Uh, <laughs> exactly. Folliadu, sorry. Um, The latest attempt to recreate the massive success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe comes after DC's slate of huge movie franchises failed to replicate Marvel's box office dominance. Now, Gunn, who previously helmed The Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, and Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, we oversee the entire project in a role similar to that of uh, Marvel's Kevin Feige. No gaming projects were announced as part of this lineup. And there's no reference to projects currently in production, such as Suicide uh, Squad, Kill the Justice League. Uh, but uh, games based on DC properties, such as the Batman Arkham series, led the way in the superhero gaming genre during the Xbox 360 era. So what we're going to see now is all the movie stars being in the video games. Mm. Uh, unless they're not. Unless they're not. <laughs> because... Yeah. There was um there was a little bit of outcry about this I saw um when people were saying that it wasn't fair that those uh, actors that had made the characters uh, so brilliant um in the DC games up until now uh, were potentially being sidelined. Hmm. Yeah, it does seem um it's not one, isn't it? Because if you look at the general perception of Marvel versus DC in the cinematic space, it is that everyone cares about the Marvel cinematic universe. No one cares about the DC thing. And I think uh, their attempts to make people care as much are um, are kind of doomed because we, as a <laughs> humanity, probably only has mental space to care about one big bloated superhero. Uh, multiverse and Marvel have probably got that covered and that's fine so they can keep scrambling for that space but the people who care about that sort of soap opera have already committed to the Spider-Verse instead so um, aside to that like in the video game world where it's all separate the DC games have done you know pretty good as pretty well as isolated things Uh, people loved Batman and not just you right Simon Uh, the the Arkham games have been really successful. Uh, whereas the Marvel games, you know, often haven't, um, although recently Spider-Man has changed that. Uh, tying them to their movie cousins doesn't necessarily seem like a win for the video games. Well, um, no. Uh, yeah, the hope would be that those that have got there will be uh, given opportunities to shine. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, in terms of DC games... Uh, as mentioned in the story, there's Suicide Squad coming up quite soon, actually. Um, Is that the one that was leaked a couple of One Life yes, ago? it was. Uh, the one that had lots of in-game currencies in it. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, let's see. Let's see. Interesting trying to tie them together. Do we have another one, Steve? Do we? I can look one up if you want. Let's see if I can get on Eurogamer.net before the end of the end of the news story. 
Uh, Dragon Age Dreadwolf Alpha footage has leaked online. Uh, apparently 2018's God of War was reportedly a guiding reference point. That's according to Vicky Blake, contributor at Eurogamer.net. Um... While, screenshot, while links to screen grabs and the video itself have since been removed from Reddit, can be found elsewhere on the internet without too much effort. The original post describing the 20-minute gameplay video remains accessible. A kind playtester shared their recorded gameplay of Dragon Age 4 that was in early alpha. Explains the original poster. I saw what they recorded before they were shuffled to another project. So what's in the footage itself? Apparently the entire clip takes place within the Grey Warden Fortress HQ of Weishaupt. The combat is reportedly real-time and similar to a hack and slash, with God of War as a guiding reference point. Uh, as well as regular combos, players can use abilities. Interestingly, the OP doesn't understand the comparison to Final Fantasy XV's wheel. It seems more like a standard Dragon Age ability wheel to them. Um, Simon... I picked that story for two reasons. One, <laughs> one because it was the first one I saw in a panic when I went to Eurogamer.net. But secondly, uh, number two, is because I'm not sure how you feel about Dragon Age. I've tried to get into it uh, and have failed to get into it. Why is that? Because you fell for The Witcher pretty hard. That was sexy though, wasn't it? Isn't Dragon Age? Because isn't Dragon Age the gold standard for fan fiction in video games? Is it? Yeah. Well, excuse me, then I've got to pop off and play stuff out there. There's a lot of romancing Um, options, aren't there, in Dragon Age? You can. um, Exactly. It sounds like you weren't trying hard enough to be sexy, Simon. Well, I was staying faithful to Geralt, (laughs) Steve, actually. Some of us have got morals. Um, Dragon Age came to a a close a few years ago, didn't it, Parco? Uh, But it's back, apparently. Yeah, it seems like it, doesn't it? Is this, I mean, is this still RPG? I guess it is if it's Bioware. Uh, doing mm, it, it sounds, all of that stuff. Sounds like it's a bit more action oriented, maybe. Right, yeah, exactly. I don't know how people will react to that, especially with Mass Effect gone as well, or gone mm. for the moment. It uh, seems like there's a bit of a gap for, for that kind of game, right, at the moment. I wonder if you take a community who care about mostly about the story in Dragon Age, mostly about the romancing options, and you then place that community, give that community a game which is a little bit more hack and slashy, um, if their first option is to just turn down the difficulty option, take it straight down to story base, and then everyone's happy. Um, I read a really interesting piece, slightly interesting piece, on The Escapist this week about doing that to Death Stranding and about how it changes the game completely, about how it actually arguably makes it a better game. Um, I don't know. You're the resident Death Stranding fan, Simon. Um, what pa- difficulty? Parking. Did, did you not like Death Stranding? I did not. I, I tried playing Death, Death Stranding, Steve, and I found it um, a, a bit incomprehensible. Um, and then I chatted to a guy I worked with um, as it released, and I said, "I'm not sure about this." He said, "Well, it gets good after 80 hours." And I said, <laughs> "I." I Who's got 80 hours to do anything? Like, we'll all be dead in 80 hours. Uh, what about um, you, Parco? Did you like Death Stranding? Um, uh, it wasn't my favourite of, of uh, Kojima's work, but, um, I mean, it was. I like the outdoorsy bits where you're running around with your backpack. That was good. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, like some of his work, I think it could have done with a good editor, maybe. Sounds like sounds like you need to turn the difficulty settings off. Right. Uh, turn it down, which is something I've always avoided doing before, but like I, I think we should normalise playing games on easy. 
I agree with you, Steve. Mm. I might. Um, I didn't know that about Death Stranding. I will. I, I'm keen to revisit it because apparently it runs very well on Steam Deck. So <laughs> there we go. All right, brilliant. That's the end of the news. Thanks, Simons. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantleberry. Hello, my friend. My name's Sean, and I want to end your suffering. No, not like that. With meditation in my new podcast, Mindfulness for Gamers. Each episode, I'll take you through how mindfulness can help you to feel less anxious and frustrated and put you on the path of happiness, all through the lovely, grimy lens of video games. So make time to level up your mental health and take the first step on your spiritual skill tree. Join me and subscribe to Mindfulness for Gamers right here, right now. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. We're also a podcast. You can find us at www.onelifeleft.com where you'll find show notes, links, that kind of thing. Uh, Of course, it is much more prestigious to be a radio show than a podcast. Um, well, funny, funny enough, Steve. There's some, um, some, some, some. New, there's a news hangover. Another news story that I was going to mention um, that came out last week. Um, uh, headline: Where did all the Where did all the new podcasts go? Um, data compiled by uh, Charter. Um, last week, uh, said that fewer podcasts were created in 2022 than in two years prior. Even so, the margin is shocking. The number of new shows dropped by nearly 80% between 2020 and 2022. I think Is that because we had all had enough, like there were enough <laughs> podcasts all, already by then? I, 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 I guess so. I think, you know... It would be foolhardy, <laughs> wouldn't it, <laughs> to start a podcast in these conditions? That's what that's what those statistics say to me. Am I being bullied? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Simon Parkin, tell us about your new podcast. <laughs> uh, it's funny, actually. So back before there was the big claps in podcasts about two years ago. <laughs> Because I, um, for I don't know for any listeners who don't know who the hell I am, I do. Like, I'm, a, I'm a journalist and, and and write as well as writing books. And um, at that time, like anyone who writes longer um, bits of journalism for magazines and newspapers, there were just loads of emails coming in from little places in Soho that make podcasts and shows. Going, hey, have you got any long form stories that can be turned into a podcast? There was obviously like loads of money around. And I got back to one of these these companies and said, "Oh, I don't, I don't really have one of those for you, but I did have an idea for a video game related uh, podcast. Can I tell you about it?" And so I told them about you know this idea for t- inviting a guest each episode to come on and pick the five video games they might want to put on their very own sort of SNES mini or something like that. And um, I had a Zoom call with this guy and uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, oh, that's a that's a really good idea. How would you feel about um, if we asked Peter Crouch to present it? <laughs> <laughs> and you could be an executive producer. <laughs> how, how did you feel? 
<laughs> well, at least you'd know where Crouchy was at the time he's recording, wouldn't you? <laughs> and, and like immediately after, he was just, he sort of said, because, you know, we only really invest in shows that are going to like make lots of money and, it, and it'll just be better if it's with, with Peter Crouch rather than with... Of course Simon it would. Parker. Everything is. <laughs> Everything is. So, so we parted ways there. But, but it was sort of, it was something that I just wanted to do, you know, ever since then. And I've talked to various sort of people who would maybe want to partner in it. And they all sort of, you know, were a bit enthusiastic, but it didn't work out. So in the end, I was just like, I'm just going to try it myself. You know, I'm just going to write to some people and see if I can make it happen. So, yeah, the first episode came out on a couple of weeks ago. So this um, this is entirely self self produced. Then is it? This is uh, this is this is done without Crouchy's backing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which like in uh, in like book publishing, if you said that, it would be like oh. <laughs> uh, but no, this is uh, yeah. I'm sort of just doing it off my own back at the moment, really. And I've decided to do a year, one episode for a week for a year. It's called My Perfect Console, and um, and then at the end of that, I'll either like leave it there or keep it going, depending on if there's enough people that are that care about it who was on the first show uh the first episode i got josh wardle who is the guy who made wordle who came on and um that was great so yeah we sort of talked about as well as his five picks uh we talked about the experience of making wordle for his girlfriend and then selling it to the new york times last year for you know a whatever it was seven figure sum sum and um yeah he was great and then the second episode which came out last week with was with ashley birch who plays the lead in um horizon and in the last of us and then she also stars in mythic quest on apple tv and then the episode coming out next week is with uh, dara o'brien the com- the irish comedian how have you, you been have good- finding the guests simon have you just been you know sort of thumbing through your address book or you know, just tagging it on as a question as you've been doing another piece of work. <laughs> uh, yeah, so approaching, I, I mean, you know, Josh, I just approached out of the blue with the idea. I don't, I didn't know him at all and I hadn't interviewed him. Uh, and he just liked the idea, so was up for doing it. Ashley, I know, I've known for a while, so she did it, I guess, as a favour. And then Dara, I just wrote to, to his people and asked to do it. But yeah, I mean, you know, I've got guests lined up for the next few months and it's a mixture of people that i have just written to out the blue and people that um that i know yeah i mean <laughs> we didn't have a guest for this week and i said on the discord <laughs> i said to the discord as i do most weeks i like got to thursday and i'm like oh my god how did it get to thursday i've got to... i went steve i haven't got a guest he went get parker on talk about podcast <laughs> i was like yeah of course um Blimey, well, I mean, you've really put us to shame. No, well, I was annoyed I hadn't thought about it because obviously it's always a pleasure to talk to you. But blimey, you've really, you're really putting us to shame, is it? We have to get you on. Mm. And, you, and, you're, and you're coming in with an initial 52. Um, yeah, it's all significantly of, less than 500. It is significant. Yeah. And, you know, out of our 500 shows, we've had about 30 guests, haven't we? Yeah, we, we, we started out and we thought... We'll just commit to initial five hundred. We'll just we'll just plan that out. Then at the end of five hundred, we'll see. <laughs> just just see if what anyone you, wants any more. Five hundredth episode. Have you got a guess, or is it a super cut of best bits? Or I'm going on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> it's next week, so we aren't doing a show next week. 
Um, actually, yeah, my parents are house sitting, Simon. Before you think about coming around here and breaking in, so they're going to do it. The shed. <laughs> my mum has been on. That's how low we've stooped to the guests. We did have my mum on once. <laughs> um, so, so tell us about some of uh, their picks then from the shows that you've recorded so far. Okay, so um, <clears throat> Josh picked uh, his... Oh, oh, you put me on the spot a bit here. He picked his first game, I think, was Super Mario World, which is a nice sort of mainstream pick. I have got an episode with um, Sam Barlow, who made, um, uh, you know, uh, Her Story and things like that, and Immortality last year. He's 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 been on One Life Left, actually, Simon. Yes, yeah, good friend of the show then. <laughs> he, he probably mentioned it. <laughs> Um, he he him. picked exclusively extremely obscure text adventures from the 1980s, mm. um, where, none of which I'd heard of. And in fact, one of them, uh, he, he one of them he picked was Amnesia, and I was like, oh great, I know that game. I mean, not the Amnesia I knew. <laughs> so, um, so that was good. Yeah, uh, Josh also picked um, the New York Times crossword. He wrote to me and asked if that would be all right, and I said I thought so because he plays it on iPad. So uh, we talked about that. Um, Ashley Birch picked. She was talking about Harvest Moon 64 and how when she was a child that helped her um, with um, her sort of anxiety that she had at the time and has continued to help her through life. And um, yeah, and also she talked about Metal Gear Solid, which was the first game she played, which, you know, when you first see Solid Snake at the beginning of Metal Gear Solid, it also has in brackets the voice actor's name, who was at the time David Hayter. And um, she was like, well, who's who's David? That doesn't make any sense. Is that like his real name? <laughs> and um, and then, you know, was told that that's the voice actor. And that was really the moment when she realized, oh, all the cartoons and games I see, those are real people voicing them. And that's what she's ended up doing. So, yeah, just some nice stories like that. So people bring five games to this Desert Island console. <laughs> uh there is a similar show, which I, I don't know if you're aware of, which is uh, called Desert Island Discs, where people do this <laughs> for music. And they also get to bring along a uh, luxury item, don't they? Mm. Um, they're not allowed to bring along... I, I want, they also get given some things automatically, don't they? The yes. complete works of Shakespeare... Mm. And a copy of the so Bible, what's your equivalent of the complete works of Shakespeare? Well, I mean, it, uh, this is obviously a very different format that I'm dealing with. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there, I did interview uh, a friend of both shows, Charles Cecil, and he kept referring to his Desert Island concert. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to edit those bits he out. He is terrible, isn't he? He is terrible. Did you have to? Did you have to cut any bits out of his interview for his for, for his own benefit? <laughs> afterwards or not <laughs> he does have I, he he told me this anecdote before about the time he met ron ron howard have you heard this story? oh yeah so um, of course i have so <laughs> everyone's heard it so anyway i got i got him to tell that but um yeah didn't need cutting i don't think he was, <laughs> he was so how many how many how many slots of the first year have you filled I think I've recorded 10 so far and um, I've got people lined up till the summer pretty much. So, yeah. Okay. And um, have you got adverts in it? Not at the moment, but yeah, probably will at some point if I can. Yeah. So. Hey, well, <laughs> let me tell you, if you want to chat with our mates at, at our podcast provider, we made 55 quid in December, Simon. Did you? Yes, we did. What did you do with that? <laughs> 
I don't know, Steve says that it's fine and that I shouldn't worry about it. <laughs> he also says that this this costs a lot of money, this this Riverside <laughs> FM stuff that we're using now. Right. There's because no way of finding you. out how much though. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Bless you. And so uh, Steve Simon said, um, do I need to record the audio separately? I went, come off it, mate. What is this? 2022. <laughs> we use Riverside FM these days. Adorable. Adorable. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, um, finally, yeah, well, like, so I was just going to say before we uh, before we head on that um, that man who mentioned that uh, that he might you know get Peter Crouch to to get involved. You know, there used to be three of us on the show. There's only two of us now. <laughs> there is a vacancy. Oh, just to up your diversity quota. <laughs> Simon, well, exactly. am I remembering uh, we're right short that you're you are the voice behind the One Life Left news jingle. Yes, it was with Anne Scantlebury. Very, very. So, can you, you say with Peter Crouch? Crouch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve said that we will get that updated, so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that will happen. Uh, yeah, but sorry, so how, how, can we, how can we follow you? Where can we listen to the podcast? Just everywhere you get them, so Apple Podcasts and Spotify, all of that. It's my perfect console, and uh, and it's got my name in the title as well. So if you type in Simon Parkin, it should come up as well. So good. Well, much recommended, probably. Uh, and start listening now before there are any adverts. Imagine who'd do that, Steve. Who'd start selling out like that? <laughs> it's time for the letters. All right, I'm heading over to the Discord to see what's in the mailbag. Nothing. Yeah, there's very little I have to say on the email. Um, LinkedIn seemed quite active, actually. Uh, Well, on the 30th of January, they said 294 people noticed me. Um, They've also emailed uh, today... Uh, and just say, Simon, here's a recommendation to improve your LinkedIn experience. Let me tell you this, LinkedIn. Uh, my recommendation would be get off the blooming thing. It's really annoying me at the moment. Um, we, uh, um, we did have a letter. Um, uh, sorry, an, an email a couple of weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, um, which we did not read out. I'm not sure why. Uh, but apologies to Tooth Drinker, Inc., who wrote... Hi, One Life Left, uh, long-time listener, first-time writer. Hope you're doing well. I'm Sam Kanika, and I lead a DIY heavy metal project called Tooth Drinker. Bear with me on this one. While, of course, our focus is noisy guitars, we've always taken a lot of inspiration from video games. Our debut album, Last Escape, was a rock opera based on Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, for instance. I'm getting in touch as we have a new EP coming out on 24th of February. We're Not Impressed is a short and sweet set of covers, and as expected, we're leaning heavily on video game inspiration. One of the tracks in particular is a rendition of the Castlevania uh, classic Bloody Tears, pulling in elements from assorted official Konami arrangements to create something suitably ridiculous. I know your folks, you folks don't play music on the show anymore, so more than anything, I just wanted to share the band with you in case you get a kick out of it. You can check out the new EP and our Resi Rock Opera on Spotify. Uh, so please, go and do that, everybody. And if you're ever looking for a super special guest to talk about the intersection of video games and heavy metal, I'd be honoured to come and chat. Either way, keep up the great work. I've been following the show for the last decade, and I love that it's still going strong, Sam says. Cheers. 
Uh, Thanks, glad- Sam. Says, P.S. You'll be glad to know that Ellie, the main singer on a lot of our material, honed her pipes at Marioki. Uh, P.P.S. It'll always be Marioki to me. I'm with you there, Sam. I don't know why it got changed. Cowards. <laughs> Legal cowards. Um, yeah, yeah, well, maybe we should uh, have Sam on the show next time we need a guest. But we're booked up until when, Simon? Well, I mean, I'm on a holiday next week. I think they'll be... Well, <laughs> actually, we do have somebody lined up for the 500th we do. show. We do, we do, we do. Uh, so shortly after then. Brilliant. That's all the letters. Uh, if you want to write to One Life Left, you can do so by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. Or you could pop into the Discord. You can find the address for that at hello.onelifeleft.com. And you can leave a message in the mailbag. Uh, Ed, Ed is in the Discord at the moment and he's uh, he said, uh, Dear OLL, what should I do on February the 18th? Good question. I would suggest, Ed, you come to Marioki, spelled M-A-R-A-O-K-E, uh, which is the number one a show event about uh, about rewriting video games about pop music. You'd think after 10 years I'd be better at delivering that as well. Uh, we've got a Marioki gig on the 18th at Loading in Peckham. Uh, it's going to be super cool. There'll be new songs new friends uh, and a lot of good times so please come along to that if you're in London or get a coach down with your friends make a night of it stay at a Premier Inn other hotels are available so so, um, some one of my friends in the town where I live one of his children is a Marioki regular Steve these days really yeah that's exciting isn't it you know, we appeal to all ages. <laughs> we do. What's the what's the big hit at the moment at Marioki? What's everyone trying to sing? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I think the ones that tend to go down really, really well are still the new metal songs. There's usually a, a you know, Linkin Park was uh, still numbers song number one and two. I think last year. Oh, really? Oh. Um, the Killers go well. Yes. All, the, all these things I've done, um, and um, I can't remember what the other other one other one was in our top three last year. Anyway, um, do come along, sing with us on the eighteenth. It'll be super fun. Any other business, Simon? Not for me. What about from you, Simon Parko? Uh, I don't think I've got any other business. No, should, should I have come with some? No, but have you got a review to do? Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, yes. I mean, not yet. Oh, right. Okay. Wait. Jeez. Sorry. <laughs> it's time for the reviews. Paco, what have you been playing? Well, um, <clears throat> the true answer is I've been playing a lot of the new Warzone, <laughs> but that's not a very cool answer. <laughs> Why? Well, I was I was working on a piece about battle royale, and I ended up just getting super into it. And um, oh wow, yeah, I've, is it good then? I like it. Yeah, I think it's a bit. If you played a lot of the previous one, then it takes a bit of adjustment. But yeah, it's I have a lot of fun. I play uh, tr- trios uh, and the mini one, so it's a bit faster paced. But um, 
but uh, what's your um, what's your kill ratio like? Oh, it's hovering around to one, I think. <laughs> so not great. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but uh, the the game I play every evening before I go to sleep is the remake of Tactics Ogre on the Switch. I think it's also out on PlayStation, which is like a really old game from the 90s. It was on Super Nintendo originally, I think. And then it got ported to PSP. And then last November, December, um, Square Square Enix brought it out again for the Switch and for PlayStation. Uh, And it's by the guy that made Final Fantasy Tactics, which is a very well-regarded strategy game. And uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's really, really well done. And um, if you are mourning the fact that the... Advanced Wars that Nintendo has, has made hasn't come out, and this is a good substitute, I suppose, even though it's not tanks. It's little men with spears, but yeah, it's good fun. How does it compare to Fire Emblem? So there's less... Uh, there's just a... Fewer. There's fewer story. Um, <laughs> Correct. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, it... it you can still you can name your characters in this one you can recruit other people from other teams so it's got a lot i would say it's got a lot more flexibility than fire emblem um which for some people will be annoying because maybe they just want to be told the story that's been pre-written this has got just really wide sort of guardrails on it you can like bring a little man in and if your opposing team's got a dragon or a some sort of monster then you can try and convert them to be on your side and then you can rename them and then they'll fight with you forever and um, loads of flexibility in being able to change the class of your units as well if you've ever played Final Fantasy Tactics and those games so you, you can switch from being a knight to being a you know wizard or whatever and some of those abilities carry across which you can't do in Fire Emblem um, so yeah I'd, I, I personally I prefer it to the more recent Fire Emblems but that's probably not going to be the case for everyone good to know what you're going to give it out of 10 Seven. Simon what have you been up to I've been, I've been up to what you've been up to, Steve. Playing Hi-Fi Rush. Yes! Uh, so I will give my synopsis first. Uh, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Like, it's beautifully made. The animation is amazing, like I mentioned on the show last week, having only seen videos of it. It's funny. Like, it's really well scripted. Uh, it's just lovingly made. I enjoyed every moment of it to a point, which was... It's a third-person combat game with boss battles, and I'm never going to love those. I, I don't like boss fights. And um, so while this is a brilliant game for an audience, it's I am not that audience, 7 out of 10. Yeah, I um, I mean, it's very generous with its timing, and that actually, you know, for all the combos and moves that you can unlock, actually, if you just hit things on the beats, you, you can tend to get through it, and it's absolutely the definition of of, uh, of uh, mashing to a certain extent, where, um, you know, ultimately, as long as you're hitting one of the attacks and occasionally the parries, um, it'll, you should brute force your way through it. I've not had to knock it down too easy yet, and, and there is... Um, I, I probably got further than you, um, maybe sort of track five or six, where it does feel like a lot of the uh, levels and the fact that they keep adding mechanics every time round um, are in danger of making it a bit uh, a bit much. But that said, you know, I am I am getting through it. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's beautiful. Uh, I've I've changed. I've changed. I've even updated my the background on my PC to be. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush, but I do want the one of the first of him clunking the um, the first boss. It's very, very um, 
uh, Spider Verse in terms of uh, its presentation in that sense. And yeah, it's I'm I'm just thoroughly enjoying it. Um, I'm not finding it too hard. Um, there, 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 there was a section um, I was playing a couple of nights ago, which did annoy me a bit. Where you, uh, the checkpoint was just before, like a ten-second instant death thing. Uh, but I got through it, and yeah, I will most likely finish it. Uh, excellent job, seven out of ten. Uh, I've also been playing a game called Lil Gator Game. Uh, Who have you now from stalking um, me, Platonic too. Friends? Yeah, uh, never heard of it. Um, but it came up on my recommended games on Steam. I thought I'd give it a shot because I thought it might suit a, you know, slightly poorly four-year-old. Um, and yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Like it's really charmingly made third-person platform adventure where you play a small uh, crocodile um, who runs around an island. Uh, pretending to be in an RPG, you fight cardboard enemies and they don't fight back. You just go up to them and bonk them and collect the cardboard, um, buy new weapons, so to speak, or new ways of navigating around the environment and have adorable, if slightly long, conversations with friends uh, who you are trying to encourage to come and play with you at the playground. It's, you know got a slightly sad and wistful undercurrent of people get older and don't want to play with you anymore um which is lost on my daughter uh and lost because i just brush over it really she doesn't need to know that we all have to work eventually uh but the way it feels uh, is brilliant the controls are exceptional it just feels nice to run around the island uh it's a pleasure to explore um what was that game where you were a uh, bird climbing up to the top of an island uh, by the same team and it, no it's uh, I can't remember anyway it's like that if that helps which obviously doesn't uh, 7 out of 10 good stuff good yeah um, I uh, really really enjoyed that I've, I've got a couple of other games on my queue as well that I'm looking forward to playing but really should be working out what we're going to review in episode 500 and oh it's the big they're all fighting yeah. they're all fighting to get in it Steve it's the big one need to have a gold embossed cover don't we something like that <laughs> collect them all collect all 500 <laughs> That's what future publishing would have made you do, isn't it? And they'd they'd have charged somebody for the spot varnish. They would. They would have charged them. Well, I'm not going to say what I was about to say. Um, How do we top this guest, though, in episode 500? Do you want me to say? No. Okay. (laughs) Well, in which case, I don't know, Steve. Do you want me to come back? I guess... (laughs) <laughs> Please, I do, do you know what, Simon? I really do. I do as well. Uh, it's been really good having you. Really, really oh, good. Lovely to really see you. Good. It's been it's been super fun. Um, well done on the podcast. We are Thanks. cross, but we are only, cross exactly. Only in that way that we always yeah. are. Yeah. Um, yeah. We look forward to seeing seeing you when you've got a when you've got a free slot in. When do you say? Sort of August September. We'll fit on. <laughs> you know, me and Simon. Separate oh, I could episodes, obviously. <laughs> Do you know what? I was going to say I could rattle off five games like that, but we know that, <laughs> we know that we I know, can't. That's not true. Right, we've got to close the show. Um, thank you so much, Simon. Thank you. Thank you, Marco. See you all Bye. soon. Bye. Bye.